This is a Crow's Nest podcast. Welcome back to Titanic Talkline. I am Alexia, and I'm really excited this week because um, I have Steven Schwanker here, who is one of the producers and stars of and creators of the documentary The Six, which is something that I had been really interested in even before I started this podcast. So hi, Steven. How are you? Hi. Thanks for having me. Ugh. I we met for we actually met at the um, Titanic convention in August, but as I mentioned, I'd been really interested in this movie for quite some time, and because it was only available in these online screenings during COVID, I'd kind of been chasing and missing it around North America for a while. Well, it's been a little bit of a shell game. I mean, I think something that that people don't understand is that you know i i hope that 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 when you saw the film that you were able to see from it that you know we spent a couple of bucks making it and and let me clarify that i am not officially one of the film's producers i don't want to sorry step on the toes of of any of the the extraordinarily talented and and generous people who risked not only their time but but certainly their own money to to make it happen so the um you know, it, it's when obviously when when you invest that much in a project like this, you know, there needs to be a certain uh, return on that. And, you know, it's it's you know, we get messages all the time via the Facebook group. Um, you know, why can't I see this? Gee, I'm never going to see this. I guess you guys have given up on releasing this and, you know, all these kinds of comments. And I, I appreciate that that people have really waited a long time. And I'm really grateful that people have have sought you know sought it out and traveled to go to screenings and kind of made a point to to see it. But you know, unfortunately, a lot of this is out of our control. We have a we have an international distrib- distributor. We had a domestic distributor in China, and those are really the folks who decide you know when when will be the best time for it to you know, go on a streaming platform or have a cinema run in a particular uh, territory or country, <laughs> you know, so those, so it's not up to us. Of course, if it were up to us, we would be on every streaming platform everywhere and every cinema that we could possibly bring it to. And we would still be traveling around showing it to folks at film festivals and Titanic events and, uh, you know, private screenings and educational screenings and so forth. So <clears throat> if you're, if you've, been trying to see the film. Thank you so much for your patience. Um, it's going to come to your corner of the world someday. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're just not really in in total control of that. So that said, anybody who wants to host a screening, you know, do get in touch because we can do that. Um, you know, within within certain uh, limitations. So, uh, you know, if you're absolutely dying to see it, then let us know. We'd, we'd love to find a way to bring it to you. Hello. Okay. I don't know if you can still hear me. I can't hear you. It, it says loading video. So Alexi and I have gone to text. <laughs> We're going to have an old text conversation. No, I can. Okay, so now I can see you. Can you hear me? And now I can hear you. Yay! I don't. I I didn't touch anything. I promise. Yeah, no, okay. I fixed the camera for for listeners who are keeping track with my tech errors. I fixed my camera, which wasn't working, and then as soon as I think the picture started loading, it um it silenced me. I I love your mic setup. It's so cool. 
Thank you. I keep hitting my head and hand and everything else on it. So I, I yeah, there's a lot of action that happens here. I've punched this microphone a lot. I, I realized I'm a hand talker, mm. which is handy with a big mic in your face. <laughs> yeah. Well, since but, you've got the camera on, you can notice my my Titanic poster back yes, here, which I, I picked it. up at Goodwill for about seven bucks. I mean, I could not. It's a it's a Titanic seventh or 75th anniversary poster uh, there was like no it. way i was not gonna and the funny thing is is because i use the same sort of area for you know for other interviews and zoom uh -huh. calls and so forth i used to i also have a, a hong kong poster that that was in that space right and i did an interview and i thought a hong kong poster might be too sensitive so let me let me put titanic up i know i'm i know i'm safe doing that so uh it's titanic it's is Titanic is safe. Um, I'm in the process of moving, but okay. back there, I normally have a selection of books from the people that have come on the show and, and okay. stuff. That's also, you know, safe territory or, yeah. and also kind of a little, a little way to show off. Be like, oh, 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 what are those? Just signed books Yes, from people um, I've met. Look at me. I'm impressive. <laughs> from important Titanic authors. Yeah, yes. important. No big deal. Just, just going <clears> to, <throat> right, no big yeah. deal. <laughs> Hair toss here and there. but. <laughs> Sorry for for those who missed the a beat slightly beforehand. Um, the documentary we're talking about is the six, which is about the six of the eight Chinese passengers aboard the Titanic who who survived the sinking. And I almost said their stories, but it's more about the tracing of, and in some cases, failing to find their stories. Yes, it's very. I mean, in that in that sense, it's it's pure documentary. You know, it's mm -hmm. genuinely verite. Because um, I mean, I I'm, loved it. I'm the one who saddled us with this title, The Six. It was something that <laughs> I thought of early, and it was an albatross that I hung about our necks. You know, at an early stage, and we liked it, <clears throat> but I think we didn't realize we didn't realize how. Uh, difficult it was going to be. Now, I mean, for me as as an author, you know, I can take 10 pages and talk about research methods and talk about why it is or isn't hard to find someone or how we did it and, and things like that. But for, uh, you know, my, my old friend and our director, Arthur Jones, you know, he's got a very limited time to to explain to an audience how these things are done before they start to check their phone or just lose interest in the story. Right. So, um, you know, it, it's, I, I, you know, we always believed that we would find what we set out to, to find. Mm -hmm. We are, we are historical optimists that way. We despise the phrase lost to history. Uh, <laughs> because, because lost to history usually is said by somebody who, set out to find something, didn't find it, and then is saying to you, well, if I didn't find it, then it must not exist. That must be lost to history. That's you know, fair. Or, or I don't have the time or the resources to conduct a full search for this, so therefore it must be lost to history. And, mm -hmm. you know, certainly there are, you know, objects, manuscripts, you know, skeletons, whatever, that, right. that you know, have just been destroyed beyond beyond any kind of recognition and you know very literally lost to nature and history in that absolutely. way um but i think to to especially anything in the 20th century uh you know the 19th and the 20th century but especially anything in the 20th century i mean human beings are very messy overall so we leave our <laughs> artifacts scattered all over the planet uh, above water and underwater, and also, you know, in 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 the twentieth century, we got really good at keeping records. Now, some of those records are of vile acts committed against our our fellow human beings, right. um, but we did a very good job of of you know recording that. Um, yeah. So we have all kinds of files about you know immigration and and births and deaths and. Uh, marriages and and you know religious rituals and so forth so you know to to say that you're not going to find someone because i mean that that I, I don't even know what that's supposed to mean why would anybody assume that so so that said i mean 
you know, we had a limited time amount of time to do this. We had a limited uh, amount of resources. So we gave it our best shot. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, we were able to get one, one complete story, one almost complete story, <laughs> and then some fragments of, of others. And, and, you know, we drew some dotted lines to, to come to conclusions, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, ultimately what started out for me as a Titanic story really became a, a much broader story about the Chinese diaspora at the beginning of the 20th century yeah. um, and where various currents of history pushed them, you know, whether, whether they, depending on where they wanted to go, depending on where they were forced to go in some cases. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't think we would have done it we meaning Arthur and myself and and mm -hmm. and our producer Lotong and 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 others i don't think we would have done it uh certainly not as a full length documentary if it had not had that broader story i mean for me you know let let me be clear for mm -hmm. me i was in it for the titanic <laughs> okay <laughs> you know i was in i was in it for the idea that finally you know, this country where I had lived for 20 something years, you know, China, mm -hmm. um, where I had seen the James Cameron film when it came out, when I saw the phenomenon that it was there, you know, just the, I mean, people going to see it again and again. And at, at that time, people did not associate Titanic with, you know, people just didn't know that there were Chinese people on board. They, they didn't right. know that there were Chinese passengers. So that isn't what put you know, people into seats there. And mm -hmm. then to, to be able to take this, you know, monster hit and bring that together with some real history that was not previously known or certainly not previously well explored. I mean, of course, you know, of course I'm going to do that. You know, <laughs> what am I going to say? No, I'm not going to do that. You know, so, um, well, that sounds so, great. No, thank you. Yeah. 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 Nah, you know, chance to change history, chance changed, you know, to me, it was like, it was always, uh, um, th this whole undertaking was like trying to put together a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle, except that instead of that puzzle being on your living room table, uh, it was scattered all over the world. Um, but right. you know, to be honest, I mean, I think anybody listening to this, this podcast and, and has a, an abiding interest in Titanic, I mean, to, to be able to, look at the thousand piece jigsaw puzzle that is titanic history you know the whole story and the technical aspects and the mysteries and you know like the iceberg and you know everything and to be able to walk up to that and stick one or two pieces into place i mean that's too cool you know you gotta you gotta do that mm -hmm. so um i think it also means something to have someone come from your homeland um I'm half Indian and every once in a while someone will send me, I think it's an article or a listicle or some something online. She's like, Hey, did you know about these Indian passengers on Titanic? And every time I, I, I look at it, it's these British women or British family. I, I never really quite committed the details to memory. That's smart. Right. Um, but it's a, it's a British family who was born in India and survive the sinking. And it's like, yes, on the one hand, that's where they were, you know, born, but it's not where they lived and they weren't culturally Indian, which is, that's different. Hmm. And it would be different if someone came and said, no, 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 they found new evidence that, you know, someone from, you know, someone Gujarati or Tamil or whatever the case may be, they, that they were really on the ship and be like, wow, how did someone from my father's home end up on that ship it starts the question and it starts the journey from a personal aspect and i you know, it, it becomes a little more real like you were saying to be able to say hey that thing you're really interested in there's a route here yeah right where we're standing yeah well i i mean well interestingly enough you know one of the one of the uh, threads that we didn't really have enough time to pull was uh one of our one of our survivors gets off a ship mm -hmm. in 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 kolkata um, 
And uh, oh, cool. the funny thing is, is that, and, and he kind of disappears from there. We don't, we don't pick him up again from there. The interesting thing about that is I have a, I have a friend. So it's, it's interesting. We're, we're connected a co- at a couple of different points. She's also originally from New Jersey and used to live around the corner from my dad. Okay. Of course, oh, cool. I didn't, I didn't know her then, but, right. um, and, and then, um, you know, we knew each other in, in Beijing and then, she is Hakka, so, so so she's it's sort of a more of a linguistic minority in China mm-hmm. than ethnic, and um, but she traces part of her family history to the Kolkata Chinese community, of which there are only you know a couple you know two three hundred people now. Sure, but I thought God wasn't wouldn't that be amazing? Like, and I and I you know there was even a period there where we were thinking like, well, how much farther are we going to go with this? And, right. you know, should I try to get in touch with her family and see what would, you know, can they go down to the town hall or, but, <clears throat> you know, the, the, the toughest thing about any of these projects, and we see this level of, of obsession in the Titanic community, you know, mm-hmm. so much where people just, you know, they, they are the porthole expert and they, you know, yeah. they know everything there is to know about Titanic portholes and don't say that they were five inches apart because they're four inches apart. You know, I mean, it's just that, that kind of hair splitting detail. Um, I think someone described them to me as rivet heads. I think that's the, yes. that's the term I've started using. Yeah. And, and, and don't, don't get me wrong, rivet heads. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I only say these things because I wish I had that level of knowledge. I don't, um, and <laughs> I don't have the head for it. <laughs> I, you know, I it, it's 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 one of the things that's so funny about Titanic, which is if you're walking on the beaten path, it's so well documented. You know, mm-hmm. now it, it's it's one of the things that allows us to have virtual reality walkthroughs and and you know just building models and building Lego models and so forth. <laughs> but the moment you get off that path, boy, you are overboard. I mean, it was you know when we started with this, it was people through all kinds of um, you know, everything that was out there, they, they tossed in our direction. You know, some people were genuinely trying to be helpful, Sure. but one, one noted Titanic scholar who I will not name said to us at a very early point when we were, we were still just gathering information. I don't even think we had committed ourselves to this at that point. Yeah. And, and he just said, looking around. Yeah, we're just, if anything, we were trying to disprove the concept to ourselves. We were trying to say, this is not worth us. Let's spend 90 days trying to prove that this is not worth the next five years of our lives. <laughs> Let's talk ourselves out of it now so that we don't waste five years or so that right. two years from now we don't say, we didn't find anything. So, but but this this person sent us quite a bit of inf- of material, no question about that. And And, you know, much of it was useful. And at the end, he wrote, you know, I see that you guys are based in China. Mm-hmm. You know, don't try to sugarcoat this story to, you know, to to kind of make it palatable to a Chinese audience. And I just okay. really thought that was that was really I just thought that was really out of line because, you know, we, we were strictly we we had if we had committed ourselves to anything at that point. <clears throat> It was that that we were sort of going to let the chips where you know fall where they may, and right. you know we were going to apply science to the situations that that really were only recorded through oral history. But you know we were actually going to get out our measuring sticks and measure things, and we were going to build models and put real people in them and so forth. You built a lifeboat. It, we built a lifeboat because. You know, that was really the only way. And and if we found, oh, gee, they, they acted ignobly, then, well, they acted ignobly. But, you know, just, mm-hmm. to, just to rehash a bunch of, you know, really nasty uh, newspaper articles from 1912, there would have been no point in doing that. There would have been no point in, in you know, expending that kind of resources, excuse me, in order to just if we weren't going to find anything new, there was no point in doing it. Right. Um, so, I understand that. Yeah. I think 
weirdly enough, the not finding things was part of the best way to end it, if that sort of makes sense. Because mm. for many people just in, in the world, you, you don't quite find out what happened to them. There's a great deal of just day-to-day mysteries in life about what became of people and, and what happened to them. And for these six people in particular, though there was a Titanic connection, it almost feels like the Titanic was simply the beginning of their stories in a way, because, you know, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, this is all coming against a backdrop of, you know, we think, we think about the racism that's happening right now. And, you know, the late end of 2022 in 1912, there were signs that basically said Chinese get out. Yeah. Or don't come in. Yeah, or don't come in. Point blank. Period. Yeah, right. And all this was happening against a backdrop of just absolutely violent hatred. So after going through a major trauma, they then were forced to try to navigate a bunch of circumstances that they didn't sign up for. Yeah, and losing people in that process seems to be part of the journey. I mean, not I. I'm not. I don't mean to sound callous when I say that, but you know, when you treat people like they're unimportant, you don't document where they're going, and we don't keep the records like we do now. They they can go to Calcutta and vanish forever. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, this is uh, one of the most difficult things for anybody researching any kind of personal history, which is, right. you know. A lot of people came to the United States or Canada or the UK or, you know, whatever, wherever they ended up that wasn't their native country. And they didn't go there because, you know, they had 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 such a great time in their native land that they thought they'd, you know, give themselves a challenge and go somewhere else. You know, they were in many cases, they were trying to put whatever the, the, the early part of their life had been behind them. Mm-hmm. And so therefore keeping the records of you know, their, their actual name or, you know, where they were from, or, you know, those, those things were not important. It was what, what was ahead that was important, not what was behind. Right. And, um, you know, Arthur and I had a very interesting experience because when we, we actually started out doing a, that was cool. Um, there we go. the, um, Arthur and I had this experience because when we started out on, the project that ultimately became the six, it was not a Titanic project. Um, I guess you right. could call it a Titanic adjacent project right? <laughs> um, in, in 2022 parlance. Um, we were, we were doing a shipwreck story. Uh, it was local to Shanghai where, where Arthur was based or is still based. And, um, you know, we went and interviewed a survivor from this other shipwreck and, you know, he was a tailor uh, I mean, even at 80, I think he was 84 when we interviewed him. I mean, he was still impeccably dressed. I mean, it was like, wow, could you be my tailor? I mean, it was just, you <laughs> know, just amazing. And I understood about 60% of what he said because he, he spoke mostly in, in, in Shanghainese, which I don't have much familiarity with. So I just, sure. I got bits and pieces. But one of the, probably the last question I asked him was, because when you, when you, read about European and American survivors of Titanic, it's always kind of this, you know, almost literally come to Jesus moment. Like, you know, (laughs) I I would, you know, divine providence saved me on that night from, you know, from the, the, the freezing water and, you know, my life changed, you know, so I asked a better person. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, you know, chose the upright path after that. Um, but so I asked him that question. I thought, well, let's, Mm -hmm. you know, let's get a different perspective on it. Right. And I said, you know, how did your life change as a result of surviving the shipwreck? And he said, it didn't change at all. Uh, he said, if anything, it just made me more determined to complete my apprenticeship and become a tailor and, and keep going. I guess he was 15 or 16 when, when he was on, you know, when he was in the shipwreck. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow. you know, that really, that really ended up coming back. I, I, I kind of say this at the end of the, of, of the six, which is, you know, this wasn't the biggest obstacle that these men had to overcome in their lives, you know, right. overcoming, you know, our, our main survivor, Feng Wing Sun was on the run in the United States for about 35 years mm-hmm. before he finally got legal status. 
um you know imagine you know so so surviving a shipwreck compared to wondering every night when you put your head on the pillow like is somebody going to knock on the door tonight is tonight my last night of freedom am i going to be deported tomorrow back to a country that i haven't lived in in 40 or 45 years i mean it's right. you know those kinds of things so it, it's you know i think it's charming that you know we have these stories from from sort of the the let's call them the western titanic survivors and and the western titanic families um but yeah, I mean, for you know, and a lot of people dined out on their on their Titanic stories for a long time, and you know, hey, they they survived. It must have been traumatic and terrible, and I, I don't I don't want to diminish any of that. But right, right, you know, for for the in the experience of our you know little group of survivors, they they just kind of you know, I guess shrugged it off relatively, and said, well, you know, the future's ahead, and I I'm, I'm not going back. And uh, that was pretty amazing. I, I think about that a lot, actually. That if if I if I took, you know, I took a lot away from the experience. But if I took anything specifically, that was one of the things. Just you know, this this too shall pass. And 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 mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, it, it's you know, sometimes don't 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 make an ice mountain out of a molehill. <laughs> Fair enough, because then you'll crash into it. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Titanic stories, I didn't ask you yours. I normally, I normally demand that. I, I, that's, I think the first thing I demand out of every guest on this show, and I, I glazed right over that with you. Well, it's, you know, it's funny because I, 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 um, I'll say that I don't know if I have one, but I'm Fair. probably going to be about to tell one anyway. But I, I remember when I was about thirteen, so this would have been in the early '80s, for no reason in particular thinking you know gee they'll they'll never find titanic like you know, it's, it's so you know the the ocean is so vast and so deep and they'll, they'll just i just picture you it. at breakfast turning to your father with hollowed eyes going dad they're never gonna find titanic yeah I, and not I mean, contextualizing at all <laughs> yeah that that may have actually happened because you know my dad and i were divers you know we learned i learned to dive when i was 10 and he had learned before that because he knew that i wanted to learn how to dive so Um, you know, I grew up watching Jacques Cousteau, um, diving and, and exploring underwater was the first thing I ever wanted to do. And, and, you know, uh, when I was about three years old, so this is, this is, you know, early seventies, 1972, 73, probably more Mm -hmm. like 73, you know, every Sunday night, Jacques Cousteau was on the, the undersea world of Jacques Cousteau. You can still find episodes on YouTube and, uh, and Disney. I forget what the Disney show was called, but they were on every Sunday night and it was like Rain Man. Like I, I was there in front of the television and Disney was nice. Disney was fun, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, I remember saying, I want to do that. You, know, you knew what you wanted. Playing with dolphins and, you know, playing with sharks and finding, you know, swords underwater and, and those kinds of things. And so, yeah, so about two years later, um, Sure enough, Bob Ballard goes and finds Titanic. So, you know, what do I know about underwater exploration? Um, but yeah, it was just kind of, you know, it was just kind of always there. I, I read a ton of books about it. I read, you know, A Night to Remember and then The Night Lives On, which which I actually mm-hmm. enjoyed a lot more because I, I, I liked the investigation bit of it more. And I liked the fact that Walter Lord was able to sort of apply his own hindsight to to the story that was being revealed, you know, through right, the right. science of the, 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 the discovery of the rock. So it wasn't obvious when, you know, I didn't, we didn't set out to do a Titanic project. It just kind of turned out that way. Sure. But, but when it came up um, in the beginning, Arthur was not so excited about it. He, he thought it was very mainstream that there was nothing left to do on Titanic. And, and to me, it was like, come on, man, like China and Titanic, like, we've got to do this. And, and if we don't do it, somebody else will. And then we'll have to stand against the wall and take, take turns kicking each other in the rear end that we didn't do it when we had a chance. (laughs) So, um, so there was that. And then, you know, the, the coda to that is um, after I swore up and down 
after dealing with the Titanic community that I would never do another Titanic project. Um, once again, Arthur Jones to the rescue. Um, you know, I said, gee, it would be so easy to do a, a Titanic New Jersey book, just yeah. profiles of crew. And, you know, now that I'm here, at least for the foreseeable future, um, just as a way to kind of, you know, explore the state, you know, where I haven't lived in 25 or 26 years and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just just kind of do some history and, and, and have some fun and so forth. I thought... Uh, you know that that'd be cool to do do Titanic New Jersey because I mean Philadelphia that that ty- that aspect of Titanic history is well documented in the New York Titanic I mean geez you know it's like right you know but so for New Jersey it was just like you know I'll do that and so of course Arthur chimed in and said oh you should do a podcast well you know my, my props to you and to uh, <laughs> you know L A over at the Unsinkable Podcast and and all Hi, of you LA. who are doing it because. Man, editing audio is such a bear, and isn't it the I, worst? I'm I'm not good at it in the least, which is why I've so far put out a one minute trailer, and that's it. Um, but you know, stay tuned. It's 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 coming. It's just going to take a little while. Making so, yeah, so is hard. It's, I mean, it's yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's underestimated as a skill. Absolutely. I think I tell myself I'm stupid more times than I don't when I'm doing all the like work. The interview is the fun part, but when I'm doing all the other stuff, it's like, whose dumb idea? Yours. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I guess the Titanic, my Titanic story is still going on. Who knows what I'm going to, what other ridiculousness I'll think of after this. But uh, yeah. So, so on, on into the Titanic future. Those ridiculous projects are, I believe, especially in this sort of, era where there is podcasting and vlogging and blogging and you can make your own movie and fundraise it yourself that it's important for people to have these little off-the-cuff ideas and chase them around because um like you and 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 your arthur you said his name was like he was saying you know there's a lot of the story that has been told and told again and told again and told again to the point where it can seem you say titanic to someone and I can see where it is exhausting. They're like, oh my god, I don't want to hear about Titanic again. It's like Titanic's everywhere. And I understand that knee-jerk reaction, and that's why it's important to chase these little threads around. Because that's where you're going to find the stories you haven't heard about. Absolutely. I mean, and I think, you know, we're 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 moving into a sort of second generation of Titanic, um, I'll say researchers. That's probably the best, the best phrase. Sure. You know, where you know we're we're at an we're at a very interesting moment which is you know the titanic wreck is as accessible as it ever ever has been uh in you know in in terms of physically being able to go there i'm not talking about the expense or i'm not talking about i'd actually you know, say in all terms yeah i mean, I mean it, you know I, it could I, be cheaper well yeah i mean i i think <laughs> I don't think it's ridiculous to think that in the next few years we might see some kind of, you know, Titanic live cam mm-hmm. or, you know, just oh, yeah. just something where you're going to be able to see it at least on video all the time. Um, but but, you know, so just in so, terms of accessibility, sorry, before you moved on yeah. from that point, obviously there's the financial barrier, but you used to have to have a reason and be a specialist, but in terms of accessibility, you just have to have the money now. Yeah. But that does really eliminate an accessibility barrier because you don't have to, you know, go study a certain thing for a hundred years to have a chance at doing it. You just have to either find or have a bunch of money, mm. which again, most people don't have, but you know, sorry, that's right. all. <laughs> but I mean, it's, so it's, you know, the wreck was found, uh, 37 years ago. So, you know, that our, our deep sea exploration capabilities have come so far since then. Our mm-hmm. ability to film in 4K, 8K, you know, Incredible. Um, you know, so we, we, we've basically got two, t- two timelines that essentially are working against each other. Number one is obviously all the survivors have now passed on yes and and we're getting to the point where many of their children have also passed on so yes in terms of 
you know, firsthand accounts, second and, and even secondhand accounts, you know, we're lo- losing those rapidly. Yes. Um, yes, yes. The wreck itself, of course, is deteriorating. And people talk mm-hmm. about like, oh, the wreck is deteriorating. All wrecks are deteriorating. They are it's deteriorating the from the moment that they go underwater. In fact, when, even before they become wrecks, yeah. ships are deteriorating, deteriorating in salt water. Okay. So, you know, the, I don't get the shock about it's like, <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, it's, you know, the fact that, that after 75-ish years on the on the bottom, Mm-hmm. in in the deep water where where titanic rests that we were able to see an intact bow like that you know like oh here look at this photo from harlan and wolf mm-hmm. oh look at the photo of the wreck they're almost you know i mean it's ding, ding, ding. that we that we got to see any of that i mean that is a fluke it's an absolute fluke it should be in a bunch of pieces it should all look like the stern the fact that we are able to have a titanic experience on the bow half of it you know, the front half of it. I mean, that is just ridiculous. You know, it's just, I mean, talk about, you know, scientific luck, but, um, so, you know, we're, we're, we're losing the wreck gradually, (laughs) you know, we've lost the first and second hand accounts or or many of the second hand accounts. Yeah. But at the same time, we're now in an age where, you know, inquiries that used to take weeks now take seconds take a half a day, you know, if you need to send somebody an email to have them go run into an archive and look up something and come back. Um, you know, it's like, it's like the satellite photography just gets better and better. You know, we get to take a bigger and bigger look at the whole case, Mm -hmm. excuse me. And, you know, and, and, and see it in better and better resolution. So, you know, obviously that applies to the wreck site itself, but also just to the historical record and the things that we're able to, you know, put side by side and the things that we're able to compare. And, you know, so it's really kind of a new generation. And what what is the new generation going to get out of it? Is it just going to get to a point where people are like, yeah, Titanic, it's been done. Or is it mm-hmm. going to take on some kind of new life um, and move in a different direction that that you know we haven't expected up to this point i would hope that it continues to take on a new life but in my opinion in order for it to do that it requires people to be interested in the individual stories associated with the ship because at the end of the day a ship is a ship is a ship is a boat is a ship it's iron and or wood depending on which one it is and it's it it's an it it is an it. Yeah. I mean, you know, not to sound unceremonious about it, but in the same way that, you know, the Twin Towers were its. They were steel structures. Mm. It's the people that make the tragedy. It's the fact that it wasn't, oh, two big buildings fell down. It was like, no, 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 two big buildings full of people fell down. Yeah. It wasn't, oh, a big ship went down. And it wasn't yeah. just a dummy ship in the middle of nowhere. It was a ship full of people. Right. And I, yeah. I feel as long as you know, newcomers and people and remember that and continue on, it will, excuse me, it will, the legacy will continue. It's just when you start losing sight of the human story and start focusing on solely those little details that I do believe things become more flash in the pan because there's nothing to capture you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I mean, Arthur and I had that experience with our, our first documentary, um, which, you know, I spent a long time just kind of going over specs and, and just technical things. And it was like, gee, there's just nothing to really bring this story to life. It's really just the history of a, you know, of a metal tube. It was about a submarine and, and, and it was just, sort of mm-hmm. like, uh. and then, you know, out of nowhere, we, we get contacted by the daughter of one of the survivors mm-hmm. and she had this entire unpublished diary that her father had written Whoa. about you know the sinking and and being on board and the captain and all these things and i mean it was just that's cool you know and that that's the great thing about any any project like this is of course you plan it out and you say okay it's going to take this long and here's the arc and and so forth but the reality is is what what makes it exciting and what makes it great is you know when things pop up along the way and suddenly you meet some you know survivor some relative that you didn't even know existed and and that's really what makes it so uh 
So yeah, I mean, as long as, as I, I hope that that personal and that human interest continues in the story because that's really what's going to drive it forward. I, I agree. I mean, I, I started that, but you know, it, it's one of the reasons I applaud LA very much. And um, for those, of, for those of you who don't know who LA is, it is the host of the incredible podcast, unsinkable, the Titanic podcast. And, um, Unlike my show, hers is done in a much more scripted format. It's clearly researched and thought out and planned and lovingly outlined each one. And <clears throat> excuse me, I, I I cannot work like that. I simply am unable to prepare like that. So I, I am absolutely in awe of her ability to do so. Um, but for me, part of the reason that I wanted to have this much more loose, loosey-goosey approach is because you never know what someone is going to say when you ask, when you ask them a question mm. and you, their answer could take you in a, in a really interesting and surprising way. Or you could go on a rant about people who don't season their mashed potatoes for 30 minutes. I mean, it, it depends on the conversation, but you get your better stories when you sort of follow the rabbit. And in, in, in my opinion, and I, again, this all goes back to my opinion, but in my opinion, for certain, for certain things and certain stories, that works obviously for certain stories that does not work for you know if you're making a movie or writing a book or something you need to be able to resolve that in a certain in a certain way especially works of fiction but for something like a documentary i and again not everyone some stories need need a wrap-up but there is a there is something lovely to the organic approach of watching something unfold and not knowing where it's going to get you and not knowing if it's going to have an answer because as as you know we were talking about earlier there are some mysteries in this world that simply don't have answers. And sometimes it's not because people are lazy. Sometimes it's simply a, oh, you're never going to know. Because yeah. there's there's no way to know some of them. Like, exactly what were all the contents of the cargo hold in Titanic? I, just no way we're never going to know that. Yeah. Are you digging it out? No? Well, <laughs> then then I don't know, man. <laughs> we, we can only guess. And that's, that's, that is one of those cases, in my opinion, where it's literally just lost to history. Because it, it yeah. is. Quite literally. But, you know, it's there's there's places where you need to be able to have your story in an arc and and follow it up and those are wonderful but i i did like the approach in your in your guys' storytelling and and i appreciate that it was deliberate and that you didn't want to cut off stories just cuz they didn't fit with the narrative structure that you'd set out to follow yeah i mean the the you know we i think if if we were to do it again we would probably take our our one or two stories that were most complete and then kind of make a great sure. chorus out of out of the others mm -hmm. but you know one thing i learned along the way especially in dealing with the, the the titanic community is you know i think i you know if you take the example of titanic's band um yes. and and you know here's a group of people uh that really is just loved by everyone and no one has any axe to grind with any of them you know they all perish you yes. know they're all cited for you know playing at least you know during part or or perhaps all of the evacuation and yet it it almost comes down to a knife fight over what was their final song you know <sighs> that whole autumn slash nearer my god to the argument and it's you know i feel like it, i feel like Oops, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's okay. Um, you're you're an important person with things to do. No, no, no. That was my reminder that that we were talking oh, yeah. about mine. So, <laughs> um, so, um, you know, if, if if we can't agree on on the band, you know, mm -hmm. then I don't know that we're ever going to agree on anything. And it's, yeah. uh, you know, but and and you know, when, when you're doing a story like this, it's always there's always a moment where you turn the tape recorder, you turn the camera off and you just sit there with the person and you, and you, you know, you don't want to take up too much of their time mm -hmm. and you know that they've probably told this story before like right. a lot, but at the same time, it's like, Hey man, I came all the way for this. <laughs> you know, this is, this is really why I made this trip to the UK to, right, right. You know, to do this interview is, is this moment. I mean, there are, you know, in, in, in the documentary, we, we got to meet um, John Lowe, who was Harold Lowe's grandson. And to mm -hmm. me, that was like, you know, uh, I, I, I think you get to see my face at a couple points in that scene. It's really about Tom 
mm-hmm. whose father was rescued by Harold Lowe. Right. Um, you know, it was really about bringing them together, and 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 as uh, I remember that. You know, as 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 John so eloquently puts it, uh, he says, "You know, the circle is complete. We found each other, and and uh, in the meantime, I'm just glowing in the background because." <laughs> I'm like, this is the first like Titanic royalty that I've gotten to meet in this process. <laughs> I've been doing this Titanic thing for like four years now. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, of course I had met James. Well, no, I hadn't met James Cameron at that point. But, but you know, in terms of, of Titanic bloodlines, it was like, wow. You know, and seeing, yeah. you know, bits of his father or his grandfather's uniform from the night. And, yeah. you know, just some of those things that they had in the house. It was like, wow, man. You know, this is like, you know, this, this is, this is, it's a small thing and you get Mm -hmm. it for a few minutes and then it's like, really nice to meet you. Thanks a lot. You know? (laughs) Yeah. And that, and that's it. It's like, you know, and, and so, but, uh, you know, those, those things are, are particularly special and, 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 you know, in the back of your mind that, you know, even though there's going to be a, a, a finished product like a book or a, mm-hmm. uh, a documentary or something, and, and that's supposed to be the payoff, you know, that it's really getting to meet these people and getting to know them and, and you know, just seeing what about them is special and seeing what about them is ordinary. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that, you know it, it, it could just as well have been my grandfather or your grandfather or, you know, just sometimes people people end up in these positions and, and, mm. you know, you know, we all know that that's, that's what's compelling about the Titanic stories. Of course mm-hmm. we put ourselves and say, well, I would have been asked or I would have stepped back from the rail and, you know, died like a gentleman or, you know, I would, you know, it's, it, everybody wants to put their themselves in that situation. But of course we also know that we don't really know what we would do, it's you know, really true. until we're actually there. So. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I have never been able to convince 2,199 other people to get on a ship with me for the explicit purpose of trying to figure that out. Um, But I really like that you pointed out that it's what's ordinary about people, because I was racking my brain a little bit while we were talking just about little details from people I've I've talked to in the past and one story that just keeps pokling around in my head is from Angelica Harris talking about her relative, the Paracchio brothers, both of whom um, perished in, in the Titanic. And the story that I remember most is how there's a photograph or a set of photographs of them wearing like a tie and a, and a silk flower. And she said that those were made by their mother for them. Um, and she, you know, knew getting on this big ship and going to America, they may have a chance to have their photo taken. So she told them, it's like, if you're ever feeling happy or you get a chance to get your picture taken, put these on. And they have pictures with them now. Yeah. And it's those kind of fun little details where it's like, I can totally picture someone's mother being like, now, if you get your picture taken, young man, don't wear that garbage. I made this nice for you. You put this on and you, you look right at that camera. No fidgeting. It, you know, yeah. you can, I picture, I mean, I'm, I'm not Italian. I wasn't going to try an accent, but you know, I can picture a mother just being like, nope, none of your nonsense. I've, I've made these for you. You're, I'm sending my boys off. Just, just take these and think of your mom. Like those are the stories yeah. that, that you kind of look for because we all know something like that. We all know someone who, Oh, I really like your insert item here. And they go, Oh, it's, it's from my aunt, from my mother. Right. I mean, those, you know, that's just part of our shared experience. You know, we, um, you know, those are the things that everybody can relate to. And, uh, you know, I think that's one of the reasons that the Cameron film you know, was, was so popular because mm-hmm. it, it, it gave people this canvas into which to insert themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the heroic mate. I'm the, I'm the, you know, the, the valiant husband who, you know, I'm the, you know, the, the, the lonely wife in the, in the, in the lifeboat, you know, I'm the, right. you know, guy in the background, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's, uh, that, that's really, 
And, and no other shipwreck story has been presented to us in the same way. I mean, of course, right. you could do the same thing in Lusitania. You know, you, do, you, you, you could certainly do it with other stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and we certainly have uh, shipwrecks that are, that are documented even better than Titanic because they happened after Titanic. So oh, there yeah. was this awareness of, of, you know, the drama of shipwrecks. Didn't and, the Andrea Doria basically sink in real time on camera? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's some, that's some wild footage to watch. More recently, um, one of my least favorite slash favorite was the 2014 seawall ferry that also sank in oh, real yeah. time right in front of our faces. I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, I, and yet the, you know, we're, we're certainly not at a point where the outcome is necessarily different. You know, we're still experiencing significant loss of life yeah. at sea, um, you know, in large vessels. I mean, the Costa Concordia, I mean, it wasn't, oh, you know, the, the loss of life was not so great. But I mean, again, yeah, when we talk about happening in real time, it's like, you know, tune in now to, you know, see the sea disaster, you know. Was it this it year or last year time is a soup now but when the um the barge got stuck in the suez canal again not not a loss of life thing but just another like water a major water disaster that just yeah what what what? well you know i think in in that way another thing that 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 titanic encapsulates is just you know the uh, call it whatever you like the folly of humankind but just sure. you know we think that because things work 98 percent of the time that they're sorted that you know um and i mean knock knock wood you know and, and and god forbid but you know it's been a long time since we've had a very serious you know air disaster um you know it's yeah. like and and now we're we're probably lulled into this thinking of well you know planes don't really crash anymore it's like well you know and and, and i mean for you know if you're if you're in, in a, you know an insurance claims adjuster or if you're the average airline passenger yeah you're right you know it's things you know get done but but i think covid was um i mean there was nothing great about it but it was something that it reminded us of is that things do happen sometimes on a global yeah. scale that cause, you know, uh, at minimum inconvenience and it, you know, <laughs> and, and a lot worse in, 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 in many cases. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, you know, it's great. And, and, you know, you really feel that about that part of the 20th century is there, I mean, the exuberance, the people living at that time must have, must have felt just watching you know buildings around them go higher and higher and Mm -hmm. you know ships crossing oceans faster and faster and these things that you know people have started flying in the air and like how do they even do that and i mean going across the atlantic on a ship isn't actual torture anymore you can lie in a bed and have hot meals oh my goodness Uh, yeah and and you know actually like plan your arrival and expect that that's like when you're going to get there and you know, not end up on a reef or, you know, and, <laughs> it's not uh, departs April 10th arrives. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll come knock on your door when I arrive, you know, in the new world. I mean, it's like, but yeah, I mean, it, and, and I think in many ways that's analogous to, you know, I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're a little bit sort of post internet now, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, in many ways our our world is fascinating and in part because we don't understand it all there's all these things that have been created and we don't know what we're supposed to do with them we don't know what we want to do with them yet um you know the the various countries are kind of in the process of going back to space Uh, you know it's like wow space race too electric boogaloo is starting absolutely you know let let, let's boogaloo i mean it's um you know but yeah i mean uh it's it's and then all of a sudden you know the richest man in the world is on a ship that hits an iceberg in the middle of you know imagine imagine elon musk going on like some spacex flight to prove a point and and you know imagine if the um i forget the name of of jeff bezos's uh blue thing oh, um, I don't know. but you know imagine if when he had gone up into space if that thing had not returned safely i mean i don't I don't wish that on him or anybody else, but imagine, I mean, 
that's kind of what it would have been like. It's like, wow, this guy creates this thing so that the, you know, so the people can kind of lift off from their backyard and go into space and he dies in it. It's like, wow, you know, so it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting and terrifying at the same time. <laughs> it's a roundabout way of almost showing that we have learned no- almost nothing. Hmm. Yeah. We've learned a lot. And you mean, you know, there's been a lot of safety regulations and things that have changed since then, but also as a more, co- as a bigger sort of concept, we as a human race, almost it's sort of, you know, keep, there's nothing wrong with trying to discover new things, but it sometimes seems as though there's a lot of fate testing happening. Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's just the ultimate confirmation bias. We just, we want things to happen. You know, we want to be able to go into space, you know, Oh, that seems scary to me. And efficiently. And, you know, we want to be able and 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 so we kind of sand down the edges on on the story and say, oh, it's okay, You know, you'll be fine. And (laughs) and sometimes you are fine. You know, there's a there's a great podcast that I listen to um, Mm -hmm. called Cautionary Tales uh, by a guy named Tim Harford. And um, it's kind of annoying because he's like. (laughs) He's a giant, great recommendation. Yeah, he's a giant Malcolm Gladwell fan, and if I wanted to listen to Malcolm Gladwell's podcast, I would. I don't. I don't need Tim to like be, you know, a cheerleader for him. But, but it's you know, cautionary tales just talks about all these kinds of things that he hasn't done Titanic, I guess, because he doesn't. You know, maybe he doesn't have a fresh angle on it. But it's a pretty big iceberg you know. to summit. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's a it's a pretty big iceberg to avoid. <laughs> in the middle of the Atlantic in the middle of the night. But, um, and, but, you know, he, he talks about these kinds of things where people said, it's basically that it's like, Oh, it'll be fine. Uh You know, Oh, you know, let's just get this done. Oh, we cut through here all the time, man. Yeah. One more test, you know, the, 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 you know, just, and, and how, people's willing to, willingness to ignore obvious red flags. So, so I'm going to give you a preview of something that I'm working on. That's totally not Titanic. Okay. It's, it's, I'm, know, I'm I, on, I'm on board. I, I know that I've already, you know, blasphemed, you know, and, and talking about not, as if non Titanic topics exist, but so there's a, what? there's a, there's a fine gentleman uh, named Tom Linsky, who I think will be a name that's, uh, you know, well recognized by the Titanic community, both for yeah. you know his simulations of, of um, you know various White Star ships sinking, and, and uh-huh. you know the the rest of his fine work that he does on on part time explorer his YouTube channel. But um, so we're looking at a train wreck, a literal train wreck, an actual wrecking railroad train, you know, choo choo and all that, and. Um, I have this weird family connection to it. It's like a disaster to which I actually have a, a strange family connection. But there was a there was a train um, that wrecked in New Jersey in 1951 called the Broker. And it was called the Broker because it ferried a lot of people living in suburban New Jersey to Wall Street and back. And that makes sense. Very much like New Jersey Transit today. And, uh, you know, it it it's just one of these cautionary tales and the the person to whom I am barely related was the engineer. And, oh. you know, the, the, depending on whose version of the story you believe, either he just totally ignored a speed warning and went over a temporary trestle and killed 85 people Ooh. or, you know, that the, the, the railroad line didn't put up enough, uh, you know, safety equipment and, and enough, signals and so forth so so tom and i are gonna gonna wander out there and take a look and um but yeah it's it's just another one of these tales of like well there was a yellow light and you shouldn't have gone through it <laughs> so, those, know, things are, those things are so hard in some cases they are negligence i mean we hear stories all the time i mean of you know a drunk bus driver killed himself and four million passengers when he drove off a bridge after downing a fifth. Yeah. Or, you know, you, you we hear stories where it's like, well, obviously that man was horrifyingly negligent and mm. that's bad. But, you know, and then you hear stories like 
that the train you're telling me were, you know, on the one hand, depending on the outcome, it could have just been a horrible, horrible setup of missteps. I remember, uh, I don't remember which episode of Forensic Files it was, and I'm also having a real hard time remembering the precise circumstances, but it had to do with fog and a train. And I can't remember exactly what happened. There's a lot of Forensic Files cases involving fog and various disasters. But in this particular one, there was, at the end, they found that there was just a lot of negligence at hand. And a, a lot of it was bad circumstances. There On this particular day, there was a ton of extra fog. I think there was a freak outage of a light or what have you. But they also then found that there weren't enough warning lights. They found there wasn't enough signs. There weren't yeah. enough to really tell people not to go through i don't remember if it was a derailment or if they hit something but it was it was very highly fatal and it was that same sort of thing where i just remember thinking god how awful must that have been to have been you know a crew or any part of that you know you're just trying to do your job doing everything as best you can and then the next thing you know you're quote-unquote responsible for you've got a horrible tragedy on your hands and everyone's pointing their fingers at you yeah I mean, I'm not, if, if anybody saw my YouTube history, they would not believe this next statement at all. But I, I, I really, I am not a, I, I watch a ton of cr- true crime and mm-hmm. I watch a ton of disaster stuff. I mean, I think I've, I've seen every existing episode of air crash investigations, but I really have no interest in in the morbidity of the crime, and I really have no interest in disaster porn. That's um, fair, you know, in, in, including including um, you know, including with Titanic. Mm-hmm. What, what always what I'm always interested in is the investigation. How did yeah. they put it together? How did they take the disparate parts and put it together? And I think you know, kind of after you know, fifty episodes of you know air crash investigations and and so forth and and you know just way too many after a while you're just like okay i get it like please don't murder anybody else for the sake of the investigation but right you know at the same time it's just you know what what were the bits that they put together and how did they how did they draw those lines that's that's the stuff that i'm interested because that you know that ultimately is you know, the kind of thing that I, that I like to do and, and to put these stories together. Um, it's, you know, there, there's still, I mean, one thing I've learned in the, in the, you know, 15 or 16 months that I've been back in New Jersey is just, there are still a lot of shipwrecks off the New Jersey coast and we still don't know why a lot of them ended up on the bottom. Oh my gosh, so many. You know, and the, the, you know, people just really, they really don't want anything to get in the way of a good story. They really don't want they really like the idea of the evil person or the, you know, there, there's always got to be some kind of un, you know, unseen force, you know, that, that caused this horrendous thing so that there can be someone to blame. And the reality is, is that there probably isn't an unseen, you know, unseen force and nobody's yeah. really to blame and it just happened, you know. Um, exactly. I, th- I think that that occupies so much of the Titanic narrative, at, at trying yeah. to assign blame to weak rivets or this or, you know, so and so didn't turn the wheel quickly. And it's like, you know what? Right. It just. Oh, if it only just, they'd had this or that. I mean, just shouldn't have been an iceberg there in the middle of the night and the period, you know. And they should they they should have just smacked straight on and limped into port, and and we wouldn't be talking about this, and and you know we'd be. This would be a knitting podcast, and I so, wouldn't be on it. So, so the reason that we have global warming is because someone was like the solution to Titanic's to get rid of all the icebergs, and so exactly. they just decided to go through. Oh, oh got it, exactly. got it. That's why I figured I'm it out. Totally, I'm totally pro climate change because I'm absolutely <laughs> we'll anti iceberg. Yeah, we'll just never and have another Titanic. I, it's I've the obvious solution, clearly. You know, it's time to call all the icebergs. They have to pay for what they know, did. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. So. They know what they know. They know what they did, and they know, they know who they, they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You hear that? We're officially anti-iceberg over here. Yeah, I'm. I'm declaring myself as anti-iceberg <laughs> and pro climate change. That there, there's a there's an audio clip that'll haunt me for the rest of my life. <clears throat> and then me interrupting you with a coughing and, fit, and, and you vomiting in disgust. <laughs> Just to top it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, um, Stephen, 
thank you, first of all, for coming on the show and indulging my nonsense, but also, you know, being part of projects like this, you know, we're talking about how much work it is, especially for not knowing what's going to happen to, you know, at the end, you know, it's a lot of effort and, you know, thank you to you and to the crew, to everyone who was involved from, you know, the boom mic operator to the caterers, you know, to everyone who was involved in this project. It, it, it was clearly a labor of, of not just passion, but of like of love and of genuine interest. So thank you guys so much for putting that together and for, for trying and to tell those stories. Well, thanks. And thank, thanks for having me on. And, you know, we, we, we are still trying to get, get, this out to a wider audience and mm-hmm. and there's also there will be a book i i've i've written a book on the same subject which is still looking for an english publishing home for for anyone Excellent. who's listening who who happens to read simplified chinese the simplified chinese book has been out for several months now so uh, oh, you cool. can track that down or or you know i may have a copy or two sitting around but uh yeah things to look forward to and and the titanic new jersey podcast coming in 2023 i know i promised it this fall but uh, coming in 2023 for sure. It's been a lot happening this year, so I think we'll give you a pass. Thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much again for coming on, Stephen. Yep. My pleasure. I want to thank Stephen again so much for coming on. I loved watching The Six. I'm really excited, and I hope more people get to see it. Um, if you want to keep track of The Six, you can follow it on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash the six documentary. And six is always spelled out S-I-X. Um, and it's on Twitter at twitter.com slash the six film, T H E S I X F I L M. If you want to follow his upcoming podcast, which is Titanic, New Jersey, you can find the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Titanic, New Jersey, all one word. And if you want to follow Steven himself, you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram. His username is S Schwankert, S S C H W A N K E R T. And that is his username on both Twitter and Instagram. I really encourage you to follow him and the six and everything he's getting up to. Um, Subscribe to his podcast, Titanic New Jersey, and keep up with his adventures that way. I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Titanic Talkline was created and produced by me, Alexia. Be sure to keep up with the show on all the social medias at Titanic Talkline on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That is all one word Titanic Talkline, T I T A N I C. T-A-L-K-L-I-N-E. If you want to get in touch, be on the show, sponsor the show, or have a question or anything you want to tell me, send me an email at titanictalkline, again, all one word, at gmail.com. That's titanictalkline at gmail.com. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Bye!